everybody. Today's episode, we're joined by Ryan Manns, uh, now at ARPA Canada. He's the uh, Ontario director there, and uh, previously he spent about 10 years in marketing and visual communications, and now he is with ARPA as the Ontario manager. So we're excited to talk to Ryan today about yeah, who he is, what his job is, um, and what ARPA's kind of up to, and yep. what's going on in the wild world of politics. So Ryan, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Hey, no problem, man. Excited to talk to you. So I guess first off, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you interested in this job and, and why you at ARPA right now. Yeah, it's a bit of a <laughs> it's a bit of a story. Um my uh, my story goes goes back a ways. When I was young already, um, grade school even, uh, I always have had an affinity, an interest for, uh, and a passion for politics. I enjoy uh, I enjoy politics. I've been engaged in it. I've been engaged in it for years. And uh, and so that's kind of where it begins. It begins with, a, I think it was a grade seven, uh, grade seven assignment um, where I was looking at Ontario politicians and working through the issues and, and ultimately giving a recommendation on who to vote for uh, in that project. Ironically enough, in that project, I uh, I encouraged uh, my 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 classmates to vote for the liberal candidate at the time. <laughs> um, I don't think I've encouraged anybody to do that ever ever since. So it's pretty interesting, um, but it, it is interesting to see when you you know you're only looking at the facts and you're making decisions based on the facts. Maybe you end up somewhere else, and just shows you how. Uh, how many different things do influence you when you're making these decisions as well? Cultural mm-hmm. things, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. who who you are, who do you hang out with, those types of things yeah. as well. So, yeah. so yeah, I've, I've I've always been engaged into high school. I've I uh, I took on uh, opportunities to volunteer for many different political parties and, and uh, well, not political parties, but many different candidates and um, involved myself in different leadership campaigns at the time. Um, whether it's federally or provincially. And so, you know, straight through high school, always engaged, always interested. I spent some time on my local electoral uh, association, my riding association, Um, and uh, became, yeah, I've been, I've been, I had been helping uh, particularly um, Dean Allison and and guys like Tim Hudak. They were, uh, they were my uh, riding uh, representatives, both in the Ontario legislature and the, um, uh, House Parliament Commons. buildings, yeah, House, House of Commons. Uh, Dean Allison, particularly, I, I think, I think uh, we've known each other for about twenty years. Uh, so, always engaged at different points in my life in in politics. And there came a time in the early two thousands where this group wanted to actually restart ARPA, hmm. and ARPA had. Uh, had been uh, going and relatively successful, especially out West in the seventies, even eighties. And it kind of petered out uh, in the nineties and then the early two thousands. And then there was a, there was an effort to get it going again. And uh, I was actually part of that original effort to try to get things going again. uh, But there really wasn't a lot of interest early two thousands. And so early 2000s also coincided with my me getting married, you get married, children, life happens. And so, um, yeah, I kind of moved into other areas of life and engaged in other areas, but always, always, always engaged in politics from uh, from at least a partisan uh, perspective uh, all my life. Hmm. And so 
you know, I, I, I did various jobs. My, 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 my different, my different jobs um, have taken me many different places. I spent time working construction. I spent time, um, yeah, I spent time working as a salesperson. Uh, and ultimately, you know, God led me to a really great place that I spent the last nine years at. Um, but always, always still felt uh, a bit of a, a bit of a pull, a bit of a call to, to politics. Having said that, uh, I don't mind sharing that partisan politics has kind of taken a bit of a turn uh, in, in for me. I'm st I still find myself, um, you know, somewhat aligned uh, politically with with uh, conservatives, but uh, but I but I but I very much very much have not have felt that you know partisan politics is uh, is 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 really hard right now mm -hmm. uh, because of this this need to be so polar. So, so opposite the other guy. So me versus them, us versus, if you said mm -hmm. that, then I can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, if, if I said mm -hmm. this, then you can't agree with me. And, and I'll be honest with you, it soured me a little bit. And yet I'm going, I, I still love politics. I still enjoy politics. And so, you know, last October, uh, this, this job post comes up, it's Ontario manager. And I look at it and I'm like, yeah, no, like, forget it. I can't. That's a big thing. It's a big switch. Yeah, yeah you know, for sure. You, you move. Yeah. It has ramifications in your family. And I said, no, 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 no I'm not going to do it. And then a friend shows me it and says, hey, like, have you thought of this? And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought about it. I thought of it. But yeah, no, it's, it's probably not that not a good idea. Not for you. No, yeah. or not a good time. Yeah, Maybe yeah. if it was 10 years ago, like mm -hmm. just all of these, all of the reasons not to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, Ultimately, I kind of put it out of sight, out of mind. That was about mid-October, and then this the, the posting ended up until you know November the thirtieth, and and the day of November the thirty or sorry the the weekend before the Friday. So the thirtieth was a Monday, and the Friday the ARPA sends out an email and says, you know, maybe this job isn't for you, but maybe you know somebody who would want to do it. And I looked at it again. I felt a little pull again, and I thought, no, no, no. Well, then I get an email from a friend and says. I just got this email. You you got to look at this. So I'm like, okay, there's like, there's this, there's this push. There's this, um, you know, Something people, are, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something's going on. I'm feeling it. People are pointing it out. And, uh, and ultimately I, I made the decision to, to give Mark Penninga, the executive director, a phone call on the day, the last day of the opening <laughs> and just say, okay, we're going to have a call. We're just going to have a talk. And I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, it'll just be a conversation, right? It'll be, it's just a conversation. We're not, we're not yeah. getting into anything. Yeah, yet, nothing serious yet. Uh, have a great conversation with Mark and Mark's like, all right, you know, you, you know, it really encourages me to, to apply. And, and then I did. And, you know, here we are. Um, but even though I would even say, even through the period of, of taking the position, um, like it just, it did feel right. We had a really great time talking together as we went through that, that time. But, but Mark shared, uh, he shared a book, a book he wrote, and maybe some people have seen it, um, and it's Our God Moves Mountains, yeah. and it's the story of ARPA. Yeah. And that was published mm -hmm. uh, last year, I want to say, or early early this year, or just before Christmas late, last year. Yeah, late December. Just before Christmas. I read it. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful book. But the beauty of the book is it talks about the stories of ARPA. Yeah. Like, how did it start? The old day, the early days of the, in the 70s and the 80s. Um, and But then it also spoke of the time when Mark took over 2007 and kind of really ran with it with obviously a ton of help with a lot of wonderful people that supported him um, with their time 
but also supported him financially and, and supported the organization financially and have, and have largely stuck with us ever since. But I, I, I have this book and it, and it's entitled Our God Moves Mountains. And he gave me a copy just before it had actually started handing it out. And I read through it and it was just a really, it really was a moving uh, testimony to what God has done. And personally, as I'm reading this book, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, the, the mountains um, of, of saying, yes, get taken away throughout this process. Well, you know, God, uh, there's this thing here that needs to get dealt with. Okay. It gets dealt with. Okay. Well now, now I have this other reason why it's not a good Mm -hmm. time to do it. And then, okay, that's gone. And, and, and sooner or later, those mountains were all moved and um, yeah, just, just, just felt compelled that, that this, this is the right move. This is, this is where he wants me to be in this moment. And this is how I ought to be and can be faithful in this moment. So it was a really, yeah, it was interesting, uh, excited about it. I've been, I've been at it for the last two months. Uh, really, really great organization to be working with, great people, and um, just can't say enough about the support from the community as well. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Wow, yeah. It's great to hear that you're totally into it and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's going well for you so far. Maybe, um, I, don't know, I think Ty, you had a question there. Maybe we'll no, just no, set the stage no. for two seconds here. Yeah. If you want to, because we kind of jumped into it a bit, I suppose there might be a few people mm-hmm. listening who don't know what ARPA is or what ARPA does. Maybe if you want to back up and just explain what ARPA is and then maybe get into specifically what your role is going to be and what you're doing as Ontario How is it different than being in politics? Like being a member of of a party or something like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's great. The the idea of ARPA is, well, start with the the, the mission of ARPA. The mission of ARPA is is twofold. The The first part of ARPA is to educate uh, equip and encourage reformed Christians to political action. So that's that's the first piece is, is, is uh, we've identified our audience, our audience of reformed Christians in Canada, and we really want to give them the tools, give them what they need to understand what are the issues today? What's going on? What, what are these guys talking about? You know, we hear them talk, we, but we, do we even really understand mm-hmm. what they're saying? And so we really help draw out and understand, okay, what, what's going on? What are the policies? What are the bills that are, that are being put forward? Um, what do they mean? What are the implications if these bills pass? Pass, yep. uh, and we really work to uh, help reform Christians understand that. So, um, you know, people people have asked in the past too, well, why just reform Christians? Why not like more Christians? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are tons of opportunities to engage with Christians of all stripes and even non Christians uh, th- throughout all the through all of this as well through the work that we do. But the goal for us is is a focused effort on. Reform Christians to get engaged. We identified an audience, a very uh, focused audience, so that our our mission could be very focused, very direct, very clear. Um, And and clarity allows our message to be well understood as well. And that's allowed us to have really great impact in engaging Reform Christians into political action. So what does that mean? That means that um, on the law and policy side, so the guys that are really digging into the bills and, um, you know, what are people working on? What, what are the priorities of different government agencies and def- different government organizations? And we will produce uh, written material for uh, for our people to understand, but also written material for the politicians to understand on the issues. On, on the side of, you know, the, the first part of our mission to engage reformed Christians, we get that information to them. Yep. And then we tell them, okay, this is what you can do with it. Right. This is, this is how to, th- these are the Action. talking points. Yeah. 
this is how you can engage uh, your community. This is how you can engage your local politicians, your provincial politicians, or federal politicians, depending on the on the subject. What is the issue? What are we dealing with? So that's kind of the first side. It is engaging reform Christians into political action. Hmm. The second part of the mission of ARPA is to bring a biblical perspective to our governing officials. So again, um, the reformed piece is how is is the lens through which we see scripture and we and and how we bring scripture and we want to bring that to our governing authorities we believe that we have a heritage of 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 um, in through our creeds confessions and just what we believe um that 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 bringing that perspective to our governing officials is important it's what's necessary um you know, Kuiper says uh, there isn't one square inch of of uh, humanity in which Jesus Christ doesn't say is is his, it's mine. And so, um, yeah, if 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 we're not going to bring, or as Reformed Christians, we're not going to bring um, the truth of Scripture to uh, our our governing authorities, who will? And so, mission one, we engage uh, the Reformed community yep. to get engaged, and and mission two is to uh, bring a biblical perspective. Yeah, right, for sure. Okay. So those are the two missions. So where does your role specifically fit into all that? Because I know they have, there's a BC manager and there's also an Alberta manager and now you're in place as the Ontario manager. Is it a pretty similar role or is there different unique circumstances in Ontario? Yeah. So there's also, uh, in addition to the Ontario manager and the, and the, you know, BC Alberta managers, um, is a federal manager, of course, Colin. federal issues yeah. manager, Colin Postma. Yeah. And, um, Colin will focus on, all things having to do with uh, federal politics. So, so right. what are the what are the big issues that they're dealing with um, at any given time? Um, the The reality is often the uh, issues that take the most uh, that get them the quickest and easiest attention do tend to be federal issues. Um, and, and in Ontario, this is you know the reason why I'm here. There's there's just so many things happening on a provincial level as yeah. well that have to do with you know health, education, um, you know how are you know even different how are different healthcare uh, services provided. Think of long term care. Think of hospitals. Think of uh, home care. Like all of those things are just they're they're offered in so many different ways. Um, the provincial government also oversees the municipal governments, and so there's just mm -hmm. so much that you know a guy like Colin can't possibly do yep. both um and so you know his focus is over and understanding and engaging in the issues that are federal uh federal issues and then I will focus on Ontario issues in the same way uh, uh Ed Hogarth in in Alberta focuses on those issues and uh Levi Minderhout in in BC will focus on BC issues now mm, right. um having said that there will be a bit of overlap because if we come back to the mission, mission one, we call it mission one, mission two. So okay. mission one is engaging reformed Christians in uh, understanding, you know, what's going on uh, politically and engaging them to get involved too. So uh, one of the things would be is engaging our chapters. So each province, again, has what we would call little chapters in different areas mm, of the right. province where a number of different churches get together and uh, unofficially churches get together, but there's just people from, you know, geographically close churches, right. they get together and they'll form a group called a, uh, a chapter. Yep. And what they do is they, they become 
also engaged in the issues and they also help get people engaged. I mean, it's, mm. it's wonderful that I'm here. Great. Um, but I can't possibly do this on my own either. Right. There's right. a lot of, uh, Napark churches in Ontario. And for me to be the person that has relationships with people in each of the church, it's just like, it's too much. Yeah. Um, so it's wonderful. We've got, uh, you know, a uh, number of different chapters in Ontario, um, you know, people that want to be engaged, people that feel compelled to get uh, involved and, they work really hard for us to help get other people involved, get other people engaged. So it's kind of like down a line again. Yeah. And again, mm -hmm. it's my job to engage on, okay, what's going on in Ontario? What are the things going on in Ontario? Um, obviously there's a lot going on in Ontario every so yeah. often we're seeing <laughs> a new press conference. Yeah. A new press yeah. conference. And, yeah. and we're trying to work our way through that. Um, but I mean, it's also crazy that, okay, fine. There's all kinds of you know, COVID issues and, and, and the government is making decisions on COVID issues, but there's so many things going on in Ontario as well, mm -hmm. um, as it relates to also things going on federally. So, so where I will get some, say some overlap is it's my job to be kind of the go-to person with, for, um, these chapters. So the chapters are all over the province. We also have school groups. So high school groups create, uh, groups within their school like, like they would have all clubs within schools yep. and they would, they would form and they would, they would get engaged on, on, uh, political issues as well, or even just community issues. And, um, you know, I would be the person that they could go to for help, for resources, for information, for all of those things. And I would still provide them with federal issues stuff. Okay. I would still get them that, that kind of stuff. So for example, uh, last weekend, uh, just this past weekend, uh, the Hamilton chapter, put on uh, a, a pink flag display to raise awareness of on bill C two thirty three, which is sex selective abortion. Yep. Mm -hmm. so. so that's a federal issue. Yep. Right. But it's my job to have the relationship with the chapter. I helped kind of coordinate it. Um, uh, they did all the work. Absolutely. They did all the work. Um, you know, <laughs> they make my job easy. Um, but, but that's a perfect example of where you might have a little bit of overlap of a federal issue, but I'm helping out as kind of boots on the ground in, in Ontario, yep. especially in the GTA where there's a really wide, uh, reform, uh, following here. Yep. Mm -hmm. Totally. So that's kind of, you know, uh, that's how, how I would engage, say the people here in Ontario, uh, and then there could be a little bit of overlap, but, but the next thing is, is, um, you know, there's other, there's other bills that are going on. Um, we, we've also written different policy reports on things like education, yeah. elder yeah. care, right. things like that. And so it's my job to kind of get that information. And that's very, um, it, it's, it's, uh, information that we'll use in other provinces, mm. but the people that will use it will use it differently if I could put it that way. So Ontario will create different laws for education than in British Columbia, than in, than in Manitoba yeah, sure. and so on. Yep. So we'll use the information in different ways. Then um, as far as, you know, the mission two stuff, um, you know, my job will not be to be engaging with MPs at the house of commons. That will be, that will be left with Colin um, but here in, in uh, the province of Ontario, it's my job to engage with the MPPs on issues at Queen's Park in Toronto. Whenever I can get there. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. So <laughs> you've been, what, about two months on the job now? Yeah, yeah two months on the job. Yeah. 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 So have you been to Queen's Park yet? Or no, it's all no, no, no. COVID issues? No. Yeah. Which, yeah, it, it, it kind of just is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the idea is, is I'm engaging there. You know, our BC manager is engaging in, in Victoria yeah, and, right. and, and so yeah. on. So well, it sounds like you're of, getting your feet wet anyway. So it's good. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it has been a bit of a yeah. There's just so much going on mm-hmm. that there's there is just no way to kind of stand on the sidelines. So yeah. totally. Um, in that way, it's been so it's so good as well, just to kind of get in and go and 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 let's get get to work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious. Like, so you you mentioned the mission one and mission two of of our by like I like that distinction. That's a good way to kind of think of the two roles. But um, can you? compare i guess the effectiveness of um the grassroots initiatives like in those local chapters versus the high level like um federal and provincial um like interventions that you have like through lawyers and and that kind of thing like in their effectiveness or you know yeah there's there's there yeah there is kind of two different things like you you you're you're mentioning things like um bringing lawyers in and engaging in different say court cases or things like that mm-hmm. um you know obviously those have their places and we've been um blessed with the opportunities to bring you know even a biblical perspective to things like the supreme court of canada and yeah and, right. um you know god has really blessed this organization to you know bring a certain level of legitimacy where that that where that can happen um the the reality uh for me at least is that's that's it's not a real big part of what I I will be working on day to day. You know, for me, the big part of my my role is the grassroots engagement. Right, of course. Um, and the lawyers get to do the lawyer things, and I will do the the grassroots engagement things. Yep. Um, right. I mean, there is there will be um, opportunities to create relationships within Queens Park and different MPPs and engaging MPPs on issues. I had an opportunity to speak today with an MPP on an issue. Um, and, and those opportunities will exist, but they, they, they can't exist on their own. Right. Um, so it's one thing for me to bring an idea to an MPP and an MPP thinks that's a great idea, but if there's no public support for it, the likelihood of that getting anywhere, it doesn't, it doesn't really happen. Right. And so it's so important to focus on um, making sure people just understand the issues, what's happening, and and what can they do? What can they realistically do? Because everybody, everybody's busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how can how can we make their job easier so they can one understand the issue? What's the issue? What are we dealing with? Why does it matter? Why does it matter to me? And what are the tools that I can engage on this issue on a on a on a meaningful level? And another mm-hmm. really great example of late. I'll use again the Bill C-233 issue of sex selective abortion. Um, it's just a, a simple thing. It was, you know, if, if you took took a, the full idea on it, it could be pretty hard. But um, it's just a simple thing where we encourage people to send in empty pink envelopes with a message to the MPs saying, you know, this envelope is empty and it represents a girl that was lost to sex selective abortion. Hmm. Just a very simple act that people could do to send it to their MP. You know, some people took mm-hmm. it upon themselves to send like it to all to 338 MP, MPs to make, you know, an impact for all of them. And then we start seeing last week, we start seeing some of the MPs show on their on their social media channels, the pictures of like a table full of different pink envelopes um, that they receive from, you know, our supporters who, yep. who sent mm-hmm. it in. And, um, you know, really powerful opportunities of, of, of witnessing to, to yeah, your MPs where you stand on an issue. They need to understand. They need to know what does the public say? What does the public think? Right. And so, you know, and, if, and when, you, when you stop and really think about, you know, the, the amount of people that are Christians in the country, um, that's not a huge amount. 
And then if you go take it, and, and we've decided to take a, like an even smaller, finer <laughs> mm-hmm. slice of that pie into reform Christians and the amount of impact our supporters can ha- have had and, and continue to have, it's just, it's been incredible. It's been incredible. And, and you know, if you open the book <laughs> that, that, that Mark wrote, Our God Moves Mountains, yeah. the, 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 the work that he's done, the successes that he's brought through, you know, small faithfulness, small acts of faithfulness from, from the people uh, across the country. It's been incredible. Mm-hmm. So just even a little thing like that, you've got the attention. It, it makes an impact. Um, doesn't take a ton of time. Like I said, unless you do all th- 338, then it does. Yeah, but, yeah, sure. But, it, but, you know, people have been able to have impact and, and that, that's really meaningful. And so there is definitely a place for expertise and understanding of the policy because that gives you mm-hmm. legitimacy. When you can speak and help write policy and explain policy, that gives you legitimacy in the eyes of the people that are, that are governing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's necessary. Yeah. But it, it's only one side of it. And yeah. It needs to have, it needs to have the engagement of people, real live <laughs> voters yeah. um, connecting with their, uh, their governing authorities and saying, Hey, I need you to look at this. I need you to pay attention to this issue. This is an important issue. Mm-hmm. And for ARPA, that's, that's why, you know, it doesn't, I don't care what, what, what party you're from. Yep. If you brought forward a really great bill, I, I want that bill. I want that bill. And and I want people to hear that bill. I want, mm-hmm. I want that bill to pass. And, you know, I actually have a really, really great example of that. Um, there's a bill in Ontario right now, bill 203, and it's called the more than a visitor act. And this bill has been, has been, um, has been passed, has passed second reading. Uh, and it's right now at committee. Uh, and I've been able to kind of work with and engage other MPs on this issue to keep this bill moving forward. Um, and it's an NDP um, piece of legislation from uh, NDP MPP uh, Lisa Gretzky. And um, it's just a really great uh, bill that seeks to create opportunities for family members to make sure family members can safely go and visit their loved ones during, uh, you know, an epidemic or a pandemic like COVID-19 while they're living in places like long-term care homes or hospitals. Nice. Because it's a recognition that the people that go visit these people are as the bill suggests, more than a visitor. These people that visit in long-term care or congregant yeah. settings are they're part of the care of these of these loved ones, of these elderly people or mm-hmm. these infirm people. Yeah. Could be a lifeline in some some cases. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. we've all heard stories of loneliness mm-hmm. and struggle of people that are in these congregant care settings. And um and yeah, they're they're feeling stuck and they're feeling like, hey, I I I need to see or their loved ones are feeling stuck because they want to see their their yep, their yeah. loved one that's in that home. Yep. And so, you know, Lisa Gretzky brought forward this really great bill that actually has all party support. Um, but, you know, to kind of make sure it gets to the end. Um, yeah, I'm 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 excited to be engaging some other MPs to make MPPs to make sure that it kind of gets there. Right. But I also I'm going to be kind of engaging the grassroots as well to encourage their MPPs to make sure that this happens as well. And to me, um, again, an NDP uh, MPP's bill, Lisa Gretzky, she's done a great job. I don't really care who did it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a great policy. It's, it's about a great the policy. Bill. Yeah, yeah. And the party. It's a pretty rare stance. Yeah, yeah. no, good for her. It's, yeah. it's, it's nice to hear that that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had an awesome conversation with her, uh, with her, um, somebody in her office the other day, um, just 
we kind of chuckled about the fact that we probably don't typically, you know, get on the same page on, on some issues. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're pretty like just excited to, to be able to, to, you know, create relationships too. Like yeah. relationships is, is just so important. We, we look today, you go online, you, you go on social media and you see people engaging with each other and, you know, they wouldn't say these things to each other face to face that they would say yep. online. And, mm. and so let's get, you know, conversations let's have conversations with each other let's find common ground with with each other and so that's that's you know that's a real blessing um for you know i think one of the questions you're asking is like well, what's the difference between you know mm -hmm. working at arpa and say say being a politician well you know all of that that party stuff is gone yeah um yeah. you know it's that's really nice yeah we we can we can focus on good policy we mm -hmm. can focus on on good bills and so um and that's great yeah. Now you mentioned some of that, that online strife that you see in the online. Um, yeah. Like people, people acting like they would not act if it was like we're doing right now face to face. And so have you seen, so you, yeah, you're about two months into your job now. <laughs> what's, what's been the reaction to people on the ground in Ontario when you're working with them? Cause obviously there's a lot of frustration right now with a lot of the COVID policies, um, you know, in both directions, I would, I would assume. And mm -hmm. people, yeah, it's a very fraught time. There's a lot going on. The government's very involved in everyone's life and uh, it, it seems to matter a lot to, to everybody's daily activities. So have you found, um, yeah, like has there been people just don't feel like it's worth engaging and they're kind of checking out or what is the, what is the attitude? What is the general attitude been like among reformed ARPA supporters, I guess? Well, it's pretty broad. Um, and, and, you know, for the most part, uh, we've been kind of shielded from a lot of, a lot of the, the, the conversations around it. Um, you might hear somebody, um, make a comment and, and be, and be like, Oh, I would, like, I can't see my, my family member. Yep. Mm -hmm. I have heard that. Yep. Um, and that, that does exist. Uh, it, there are definitely frustrations around, okay, my kids are home from school. Yeah, yeah. What do I do? Mm -hmm. I don't like, um, you know, I've got a house full of little children to go along with my, with my older children that need help with schooling. Like there, there is definitely a level of frustration and, um, you know, I, I, I sympathize with the frustration. It's, it's not hard to sympathize with the frustration because, mm -hmm. you know, I think each, each and every one of us has to live with the ramifications of this each and every day. Uh, I think, uh, if I can, if I can, you know, speak even a word of encouragement in, in that, in that scenario, um, I would say a couple things. One, you know, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, we're not privy to the conversations that have happened even either behind closed doors with mm. the politicians. What are they doing? What are they deciding? Who's deciding what? Who gets the most say? So, so, you know, often it's really easy to criticize, but we don't actually know who said what, um, at the afterwards so we could we could feel a certain way about a certain politician um but for all we know that politician i don't know we don't even know where they where where things ended up or whose responsibility it is or or what have you so mm. i mean it's just so important to to consider uh that our politicians are people they're going to make mistakes um they're going to make mistakes that we get frustrated at um, but we, we need to show them grace in, in these scenarios as well. Mm. I think if we have learned anything is the importance of building relationships so that you can have those relationships 
in times of difficulty, not try to build those relationships when you're frustrated. So, you know, engage, be engaged, stay engaged. If COVID calms down, the COVID issues calm down in the next two months, don't stop engaging with these people. What mm-hmm. does it mean to engage? Like you join a board of your EDA? Like, you, well, I, I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about uh, just even more specifically, continuously um, reaching out to your elected officials. Um, for Mm -hmm. encouragement, encouraging them, uh, reaching out to them and, um, and, and, uh, and asking them questions on policies, reaching out to them and, and even criticizing their policies, but criticizing them properly and right. Um, you know, without the, without the emotional, um, the emotional, emotionally charged, uh, conversations, like get, get that out. Um, so, you know, COVID comes down and, and then also we just go back to our daily lives and we forget about these people that we've, all we've done is thought about, um, thought about, been upset about, or been upset at, frustrated with it's continue those conversations, continue those, that engagement afterwards, uh, make sure it's respectful, make sure it's ongoing, make sure it's continuous, uh, you know, I know uh, I had a friend of mine um, talking to him just, just today and he had engaged with his his um, MPP uh, MPP's office. Uh, he had some concerns. They were somewhat COVID related, but not your typical COVID related issues and um, had some questions. The, somebody from the from the uh, office called and he just he, he, he texted me to let me know what a great interaction. Such a good conversation. I felt heard. I felt listened to. But he also went about it the right way. He engaged mm. properly. He had a good conversation. Yep. He was respectful. He was firm but respectful. And so, you know, we've. I, I think. I think. Um, you know, we've been able to do a lot as a reformed community. Uh, like I said, that small sliver of of Christians, we've been able to accomplish a lot as as uh, over over the years. But I do think that there's more that can be done. I think there's there's definitely more that we can do. People have often asked, you know, why do you, why are you reformed? Like, couldn't you be broader, like a bigger, yeah. you know, bit of a bigger tent? Sure. And um, the truth is, is uh, we don't think that we've done everything we can do with with mm-hmm. with this small uh, small big enough, um, but group that, that we feel like there's more work that can be done to stay engaged and keeping each other engaged and encouraging each other from, um, you know, away from being frustrated and away from being cynical. It's so easy to get cynical, but mm-hmm. of all the people in the world, Christians don't have to be cynical because we already know what the outcome is. We, we can, yeah. we can lose every political battle there is. We know what the result's going to be ultimately, mm-hmm. and so and so I, you know that that gives you a lot of gas to kind of keep going. You know when you when you have a couple of you know losses, so to speak. Um, recently, Bill C seven happened. We lost a lot of uh, we lost we lost. I believe our country lost um, in that bill mm-hmm. where you know the the ability to. Um, have assisted suicide, you know, gets extended to those that are uh, disabled and also uh, mentally ill, eventually uh, mentally ill. And um, yeah, our, our, our country loses there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't lose our country loses. Yep. Um, but again, you get up in the next morning because you know, we've already won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is, is um, we do it because, there are so many that don't know 
that uh, they too can be part of the winning team. I, I guess I can mm-hmm. put it that way. It's love for your neighbor, right? Absolutely, yeah. and 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 so you know that that mission two thing of being 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 bringing a biblical perspective to our governing authorities is, is also a desire to bring a biblical perspective to our brothers and sisters and uh, sorry our neighbors and our neighborhoods. This is this is a good way. This is this is a faithful way to live, and this is the way that those who have already won live, mm-hmm. um, and it's good for you. To tag on to that, though, I guess, just in this, it's good to hear that encouragement. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it'll be well appreciated by a lot of people. But uh, I guess another challenge of politics in these times, and I mean, I'm, I'm pretty young, maybe you guys can tell me as well, if <laughs> this is always the case, but it's very difficult to have conversations with people with who you disagree, or at least it can be very mm-hmm. often, particularly online. But even in person, it's... Um, like you mentioned off the top, it's just, it's so polarized, right? Like it's, it's a real challenge. Do you have any, any insights or any advice for people, especially on an issue like COVID that's so divisive, how to have a conversation that's, um, yeah, it's, that's still firm, but respectful, showing yeah. grace, but still mm-hmm. not backing down and, and making your points at the same time. I think it's always important that whatever conversation you have, whenever you're having a conversation we all need to remember uh, the one thing that 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 can't uh, be a level playing. We can't have a level playing field in any situation, in any conversation, because each and every one of us brings our own personal circumstances to the table when we're having this conversation. Sure. Um, each and every one of us has our own concerns, our own thoughts, our own uh, our own pains, our own previous um, experiences in life. And we're going to bring that to a conversation and we're going to bring it to a, an explosive one about, you know, what do we do as the church um, uh, through COVID? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the one thing that I would say is we have to listen and we can't, and, and we have to recognize that our brothers and our sisters, they're, ex- they're, they're experiencing something different. They're experiencing something different than you. Um, I do think, yeah, there has to be room for what is scriptural, what is biblical, what is confessional, what does God want from us? What is what does faithfulness look like? Yeah. I believe we ought to be able to have those conversations with each other. Um, but I believe that, you know, I, I also believe that you can be 100% right and how you bring a conversation, how you how you bring across um, that argument can make you 100% wrong as well. Mm. And so it's, yeah, it's important that we, we bring, we bring grace to the conversation, but it's important. We are people of the truth. We are people that, that speak truth, speak truth in love. Um, but, but, but the one thing again, I'll go back to is we all bring different experiences and, and we're all going through things differently, um, it, it, through all of this. Yeah. Uh, I think in in some instances we're just not going to agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're just not. And then again, how do you react to just not agreeing on something? Is is it you know you stomp your feet, you throw something, and you leave? No, yeah. we know that's not right. Mm-hmm. So so it's important again to agree disagreeably. You can't impact. You can't affect how somebody else takes uh, how somebody else reacts to you, but you can you can impact how you react to them. Um, So, I mean, yeah, that's a squarely on the fence thing. Um, (laughs) I agree. Uh, But I do, but I do think, but I do think that there is room for disagreement and there is like, like there is room to be firm. There is like this, 
I, I, I cringe a little bit with a you do you and I'll do me and we'll all be good. Like that makes me cringe too. So, mm-hmm. so I'm not, I'm not something that's just saying everything's relative. You can do it your way and I'll do it my way and we'll all be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, but I think we need to be willing to go there with one another as in challenge one another, yeah. but we also need to be willing to be challenged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and you brought up a good point too. Like just when you're coming into a conversation or even an argument with another person, um, you're gonna, you're coming from your point of view. And so that's where your logic and your reasoning is coming from. Yeah. But your starting point of view probably isn't the same starting point as the other person. So mm-hmm. they may be completely logical in their mind because they're starting from point B and you're at point A yeah. and you think you're both at the same point and that's, you run into a bit of a problem there. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's a good point just to listen more yeah. and see where the other person's coming from. And I think myself too, when I look at even, you know, thinking through all the you know COVID things and what's going on yeah. and, you know, when I, when I've wrestled with these things, I've been at different spots along the way, yeah. my, my own, where totally. I am today, I haven't been there all along. And, um, there, there's, there's, there's this recognition, um, that we need to have as well is that the other person just might not be where you are yet. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. room for growth. Right. They change. They haven't got there yet. Yeah. And, uh, and you might've been in the exact same spot as them four months ago. Mm. Yeah. Can you understand that and have grace for them because they haven't battled through the same things that you battled through? And I believe that that's the same with anything, actually, when, you know, you have somebody that's spent 10 years battling through an issue, whether it's a whether it's a faith issue, whether it's who knows. Um, but you battled through that issue for 10 years and all of a sudden the light bulb goes off for you and you've like, whoa, this is a life altering thing for me. Mm-hmm. You battled through it for 10 years. So now you're going to go take it to somebody else and say, I got to tell you this life altering revelation that I've had in my life, it's going to change your life. Yeah. And I tell it to you. And you're like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay. Exactly. Because <laughs> you, you haven't, done. you haven't battled through it in the same way that I battled through yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So it, again, even recognizing that when you come into a conversation like that, um, then, then you're going to be better off to wade through it and have these conversations and also remember and recognize that in the end, we're brothers and sisters too. Where's mm-hmm. where's our unity? Is our unity in how we tackle COVID, or is our unity in Christ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I find my mind gets changed, like depending on who I'm talking to. <laughs> if you're just like, well, you have a, a good conversation one way or the other, and and you have a conversation like that that's filled with grace, and you're trying to understand where someone's coming from, and it does it does change the way you look at things. Right? And I, I, especially on the COVID issue, like I definitely have changed over time, and you know, gone one way and then back the other way, and you know, you know, now maybe tensions are higher than ever. But but I feel like when you when you actually listen, you know, and it sounds kind of like a woke thing to say, like listen to someone else's lived experience, right? It's like you you're experiencing something different than I am. Like maybe you have an elderly relative who's going through something, and and yeah, to just dismiss that and just say, you know, you know, I'm just going to look at my my worldview and my viewpoints. Like, pretty hard to uh, you have to really go back to the Bible and and understand it from there, and not, you know, yeah. It's not like we don't have principles to work off, of, mm-hmm. right? Uh, absolutely. So, and there's a, the question that needs answering all the time, all the time is, you know, what is what does faithfulness look like? Yeah. What what is being faithful? And 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 you know. Am I being faithful in this moment? Mm-hmm. It's actually a masterful segue into what I was going to ask you. Guys. <laughs> so well played, right? Um, but I was going to ask you, yeah, yes, tele- telepathic. Right here. Now, I was going to ask you though, like, so we talked about individuals and then kind of the relationship and between indiv- individuals and, and politics and whatnot. But on the more uh, institutional level, from from 
group to group and from, you know, organization to organization. Mm. How does ARBA go about um, cooperating with different groups? Like I know you mentioned a number of times, like ARPA is specifically reformed, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. ARPA definitely uh, cooperates with other Christian groups and even groups outside, uh, just secular groups, if it makes sense, and various court court challenges and court cases as well. Mm -hmm. So what sort of principles and, and rules does ARPA have in place to know, okay, this is a good time for compromise. This is when it makes sense to compromise. Or, you know, like we have to stand on principle here because there's really always that tension, especially in politics, right? Which is really, I mean, it's, it's described as the art of compromise. So how do, how do you know, how do you guys make decisions at ARPA? I know it's only been two months, so it might be a bit of a bit of a heavy question for you but it is but but it's it's one that i think i, I can uh i can kind of grapple with a little bit i would say um you did say something there like how do you figure out when to compromise and i would say you don't compromise well then how do you get anything done that's the next question well um just because you're working with different groups that don't necessarily align themselves theologically with you sure. doesn't mean you're not aligned on a certain topic together yeah and i'm not mm -hmm. saying theologically compromise i'm saying um you know, I'm not saying compromise politically, like on a on an issue. Sure, like for I'm example, example the abortion one is like always a great example in yeah. terms of obviously we like to, no abortion. That yeah. is the goal, but you take you know measured steps to get there, and and people have different perspectives on that. But obviously, ARPA's gone that route, mm -hmm. and you can do that in different arenas. Mm -hmm. So even like what I, I believe Andre was arguing, C seven, C seven, yeah, yeah, euthanasia. When he yeah. said he was arguing, well, he was. Uh, presenting in front of the Senate, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And he said he was basically arguing for a waiting period before someone can make a decision to to end their life. Right. right. Which and, to us is like, okay, well, you're not, you're not supposed to be arguing for a waiting period. You're supposed to be arguing for nothing. Right. Which yeah. is like, but you're kind of, I guess, politically, you're at a point where that argument's been made and it's not been heard. Yeah. So, so the, the issue of C7, if you're arguing about, hey, let's, let's, let's have a waiting period. Yeah. Let's make sure there's a waiting period. Uh, what's the goal there? The question the question you have is what's the goal? Well, there's going to be medical assistance and dying. Like that that's going to happen. Right. right. So in that instance, it's like, well, we can keep yelling and saying, Don't this do it at all, happen. don't do it at all, don't yeah. do it at all. Well, that's that, that, sh that ship has sailed. It's happening, it's going to happen. So then to go, okay, what's the goal here? The goal is to save lives. The goal is to Mm -hmm. not save, but help save lives. What, what are things that we can put in place or help um, get put in place or bring a perspective so that things get put in place to help um, protect, uh, promote possible, life. Yeah. Possible, yeah. possibly protect and promote life. So in that instance, you've got uh, a waiting period. Well, what would a waiting period accomplish? Well, hopefully a cooling off. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, I don't actually want that. Oh, now I've had an opportunity to learn what my other options are rather than death. Yep. Um, my family members come and speak to me and say, please don't, please don't, please don't. Mm -hmm. um, we want you here. We need you here. We want to love you here. Yep. So that's what, that's what that would accomplish. Right. It's a promotion of life. So what's the goal in that instance? That goal is to still to promote life. It wouldn't be a compromise. It's not a it's not a compromise because well what's the goal the goal is to promote life the reality yeah. is um, assisted suicide is here uh, now how can we still promote life in recognizing assisted suicide is here so another perfect example would be um, again assisted suicide came five years ago it got expanded uh, last month uh, now we're going to have conversations both uh, federally and provincially on conscience protection for our for our uh, medical professionals yeah mm -hmm. so again right c7 uh, sorry c7 happened c7's here 
we don't want it. We we want to see it gone, uh, but it's here. Let's let's work within the reality of it being here. And so now let's work with organizations to help um, to help create protections for doctors and nurses that don't want to participate in medical assistance in dying. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a hot topic right now. It's one that we spent a lot of time on. We um, we have a we just came out with a with a post on it uh, on uh, all about the. Uh, uh, Physicians and surgeons in Ontario. Uh, we just we just uh, created a, a post all about uh, conscience protection. Yeah, exactly, conscience yeah. protections for them. So, yeah. so yeah, I would say I wouldn't use I wouldn't still wouldn't use the term. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, Compromising. It is principle because you're saying we're not giving up on the principle that we're against assisted suicide. We're still against it. Yeah. But given the the current political reality, we're going to argue for at least this. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Fair so enough. what 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 things can we put in place or help? put in place that still promote life. So again, the abortion conversation, yep. um, you, you know, that's been a hot topic. It, 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 it continues to be a hot topic of, you know, is it, is, do you go, we want to see nothing or do we want to see, or do we want to see an incremental approach? Yep. Uh, and yeah, strategically an implement, an implemental approach would save lives. Yep. It would protect mm -hmm. life. It promotes life. So, so do we want to see it? Abolished? Absolutely, we want yep. to see it abolished. But do we still meet? Uh, You're still in line with the principle. Exactly. If you go with the incremental. So I'll put a perfect example to you. Somebody asks, well, how many lives are lost to sex selective abortion, let's say? Sure. And the conversation isn't about how many, it's mm -hmm. about are they? Yes or no? Well, yes. Okay, that law should be there. Yep. Mm -hmm. If it's one, mm -hmm. if it's one, great. Yep. Uh, a life is spared. Uh, a mother may be given a, 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 a sober second thought, uh, or a father as well. Like mm -hmm. a mission accomplished. Uh, it promotes life. So compromise? No. What is the principle? The principle is to is to promote life. And so mm -hmm. you know, I, I I I totally get. Yeah, I totally appreciate the, the question because I think it's a question worth or a conversation worth having. Yeah. Um, but even in, and then you have in those scenarios. So conscience protection. You're engaging with other different Christian organizations to help make this happen. Engaging with MPPs to yeah. see what can you know mm -hmm. how can we encourage. Um, you know, we have a like I said, we're we're working on policy writing to um, promote that and and bring that to uh, to the different um, MPs or MPPs so that they can be aware of you know what do we think about this how do we yeah. how do we protect life uh, how do we protect doctors and, and nurses in this scenario yeah but to hmm. play a bit of a devil's advocate on that one if you said because touching on that you said even if it saves one life saves one life yeah. it's it's worth it but I mean if you were pro all these COVID restrictions and all these, mm -hmm. these lockdown policies mm -hmm. that's the argument that they're making essentially so I would say maybe you would have to consider the trade-offs in such a policy with a uh, bill uh, the sex selective abortion bill the trade-off is uh, like okay on the one hand if you put the bill in place you save all these lives on the other hand if you don't all these lives are lost. So it's pretty black and white. That's easy enough. Absolutely. That's so from like that, a legislative level, right? Yeah. As opposed to like a... And the COVID stuff, that's yeah. where it gets dicey because you're like, right, you save some lives here, but you heard them on this side of the ledger and then back and forth. Exactly. So, so, so I, I think it's... I just thought I'd point that out. But. Yeah, it's per, yeah. and, and, and that's a legitimate... Sure. Okay, it saves one life. Um, but then what's the flip side? Sure. Yeah. So if, if you keep... If you don't have it at all, what does it do? Yeah. Yeah. Just, like you'd have a hard time making the argument that like you're quote unquote, letting people get stuck with a baby they don't want. 
that's a pretty hard argument to make as opposed to you give up, you know, going to a baseball game live and we save lives. Like that's the argument. It's a little yeah. bit of a different, uh, yeah. you know, and yeah. so it, and just like making those cases is like, yeah, I guess where ARPA can just be like, well, it's what would be inhumane not to notice it. Right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how ARPA deals with these, these things. And I guess we didn't really get into in terms of what sort of organizations you guys cooperate with. Yeah, you guys work with, with the physicians. You mentioned physicians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, do you guys work with other uh, religious groups who have like similar concerns um, or not really so work much? with or can like, it, it, it really Cold depends lobby. on the issue. Yeah, yeah. It probably depends on the, on the issue and, and their engagement and what are they interested in engaging on? Um, you know, there's, there's, there's many different organizations where, you know, you, you might have an organization that exists strictly for, um, you know, there's Canadian Physicians and Dentals Association and that, that their job is to, they're Christian um, yep. doctors and, and dentists and such. And that's what they focus. So then yep. the idea of conscious protection for them is huge. Perfect. Mm. Like that becomes like they eat, sleep and them. breathe that, right? Yep. Yeah, right? For a while. So maybe we cooperate with them, yep. but we don't eat, sleep and breathe that. We have other things on the go because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because right, yeah. you know, their mission is all about those Christian doctors and, and dentists, whereas our organization is, is a whole lot more broad. Yes, we might work mm, with yeah. them on that particular issue. So it just depends on what 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 uh, what issues exist or what what issue exists and um, and what what their mission is. Mm. Uh, we work with different organizations when it comes to abortion issues. Um, those organizations might be all abortion only abortion. That's what they deal with, or yeah. or they only deal with human rights issues. That's their focus, and we might jump on board with them in a certain scenario. Or, um, but again, we're we tend to be a little bit more broad. Yep. But our focus is our audience, right? Yep. So we might do a lot of different topics for an audience. They might have one idea, one topic for everybody. Yeah. Right. right. So. That makes sense. That's it's a different issue. issue. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it depends on the issue, and it depends on it depends on what outcome that organization is looking to have. Yep. Um, so, and then, you know, you make a decision whether or not you align together on, on that organization. I mean, another perfect example of, uh, would be, uh, when ARPA argued the Loyola case, ARPA, um, was there representing 300 some odd schools, uh, yep. Christian schools that mm -hmm. ranged from, you know, maybe schools that we would identify with and schools we wouldn't identify with. Sure. So in that instance, the principle that was at play is a was it was a shared, shared outcome yeah, so right. so there you would you would align yourself with a broad uh, group of organizations yep. um maybe in another instance you wouldn't you wouldn't at all yep. mm. yeah right it's it's, yeah. it's a little more clear cut i think when you're dealing with different organizations and it's easier to make that call but i guess for people too i mean i don't know if you can speak to this so much because i know arpa's nonpartisan, but maybe just some guidance in terms of i know a lot of people probably feel conflicted when it comes time to like to cast their vote to mm -hmm. which party to support because you know i mean there's a wide array of parties but they all have different positions and it's well you know typically like you know, especially people in our reform circles often will end up voting chp or conservative as a whole typically um there's still lots of concerns um you know with with many parties in casting your vote mm -hmm. do you have any advice on terms of like what has to be a matter of conscience versus like voting to achieve a practical goal like it's mm. i you know it's kind of a compromise a little bit right like, yeah like but, it's it's easier for arpa not to compromise because you know they're not casting a vote i suppose yeah and you guys are like yeah we'll support you we don't care like you know your party we might disagree with 90 percent, but if mm. the ndp have a good bill 
all the power to you. We're behind this bill. It's easy enough. It's kind of clear cut. Yeah. But yeah, if you're casting a vote, you're yeah. like, okay, like Aaron Tool, yeah, we you know, he's, yeah. he's, he supports sex, sex selective abortion. And you're like, oh, okay, but he's allowing a free vote in his party. I like my local guy who's a conservative. You're like, yeah, you got to weigh those options. Yeah. I don't know if there's an answer per se, but maybe if you have some advice on that. Well, I think you already started answering it. Too, okay. Because, you know, you said, oh, I like my local guy. Yeah. I think there, there really is two things. I mean, you do uh, a party leader has great influence, huge influence on a, on a, on a party and, and, on, and on the politics of the party. And yet, you know, if, if you like your personal representative, um, vote for them. Vote for them. I mean, that is the beauty of our, of our system. Our system is, you know, you don't necessarily vote for the leader or you don't vote mm. for the leader at all. You vote for your local representative. Um, and if you feel like you've got a really great representative in uh, a not so good party, vote for the representative. Yeah. Um, at, at, at the, at the very you know end of the day in that scenario, you've got somebody that you know will listen to you, will hear mm. you, and will you know, hopefully act in, um, your, interest. Yeah, act in your best oh, interest. Man. Are you going to agree with on an every single issue? Not a chance. But nobody will. Um, yeah. You know, I told you I've known my own MP for years. And um, yeah, I've spoken to him about votes that he's had in the past. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, it, it, it does mean that you need, I, you know, I believe you need to engage yourself in, in the issues. What are the issues of the day? What are people saying? What are they saying? And uh, hold them, hold them accountable to what they, what they're saying and what they've said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if that means that, you know, you've got to make a, you, you've got to make a decision on a party or a person yeah. that's up to you as well. Like mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, I think plenty of people, We'll just make a make a decision based on a party. Well, I think most most people make a decision based on a party, or the uh, leader, even or even yeah, or even the leader. Absolutely. Yeah. But but as far as the conflict of okay, now I'm in the ballot box, and who do I vote for, and what do I do? Um, I, I think I think you've got you've got you've got to engage in the issues, and then hopefully it becomes clear to you what you ought to do. Mm. Um, because you know maybe it is the party, maybe it is the leader, maybe it is um, maybe it is the individual. Maybe it is principle. I don't, I will not vote for somebody in that party. Uh, Maybe, uh, but I mean, I can't, I'm not going to tell anybody what they ought to do or what's right, what's wrong. But at at, at bare minimum, engage with what's going on, engage with the issues, with the issues so that you can go into that ballot box and know what you're doing when you get in there. Yeah. Hmm. Now that's fair enough. And that, that is the beauty of our system is at least mm-hmm. you have a local representative. And if you cast your vote for them, you know, you're saying, I trust you to go to parliament and represent me. And hopefully the majority of the time vote in my best interest. And according to the beliefs I have, even if the party is, the challenge is always, you know, the party and the, the discipline they enact for the mm-hmm. members. So there's always a bit of a conflict there, but <laughs> yep. it's, yeah, at least with our system does work to some extent. The one thing I would add is don't bind the conscience of somebody else either. Yes. Yeah. I made this decision, mm-hmm. therefore you ought to make the same decision. It comes back to what we talked about earlier too, mm-hmm. like in terms of your conscience may bind you on issue A yeah. and issue A that may not quite bind my conscience. Right. And it's 
it sounds wishy-washy to say, and there are basic biblical principles, but at a certain point there also is, yeah, don't bind the conscience of another person. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you can call your brother out and yeah. have, have Make a conversation the and, and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and battle it out, uh, in a, in a good conversation. But, um, when it comes down to it, I mean, things like a Christian can never do like those are usually a mistake to say those right. things. Like yeah. that's that's mm. where it's like, oh, hang on a second. Yeah. Um, I can't believe that a Christian would vote for somebody in that party. Like, yeah, you know, just and it's understandable sometimes where people are coming from when they make statements like that because it's for from one person it can seem so obvious. Yep. And for another person, you just you come from a different perspective, even if you totally. share the same beliefs. Yes, yeah, so, that's really interesting because you you, yeah, you can get very easily like into people. I'm sure there's there's tons of people who stand in that ballot box and they think about those sound bites they heard on the radio or on TV or whatever, and they're voting off mm -hmm. of those sound bites. They're voting off of like what the leader said to the opposition leader and back yeah, and forth, yeah. and and that you know I think your, your point that you made, Ryan, that's like if you can engage with your representative in the liberal party and and he'll listen to you or knows your name even and when he votes on a bill or she votes on a bill the one one way and you can you know email them or call them and say hey i'm kind of disappointed in that and they recognize that and they want to engage like that's i would say that's way more valuable than you know just being a, another tick in a box for some soundbite right yep. so that's yeah i think that's a great great uh, piece of insight for people Definitely. Maybe something I'll, I'll think of next time I'm standing in there. Yeah. So. It's it's definitely good just to break things down and get back to first principles and, mm -hmm. and talk about yeah, what it what it means to engage and be involved in politics. Um, I was going to say maybe we'll throw it to like what's going on for a few current issues, but do you got anything to add to that combo before we move on? No, no. Yeah. We can we can move on. That's fine. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, current issues. Yeah. Lots of say, current issues. <laughs> but we touched on youth in Asia a bit. So is that... Is that ship pretty much sailed? There's not much left going on there. Well, I mean, right now, what's what's happened? Uh, just to give a quick recap, um, Bill C seven, and 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 it's worth pausing there for a minute. Uh, if if you're a supporter of ARPA, you would have seen a ton of activity and a flurry of mm. conversation and um, asks from us. Hey, this is what you can do. This is what we want you to do. This is what you could do. Um, I think it's important to pause and go, hey, thank you to our supporters, because this bill made it through and, and so it makes it through the House of Commons um, and it goes to the Senate and the Senate um, gets it and the Senate has an opportunity to either just pass it or they have an opportunity to make amendments to it. And as the Senate was making amendments to it, our supporters were just just sending in information and, and letters and messages and phone calls and you name it. And um, yeah, the, the bill actually came back from the Senate worse than when it got there um, and ultimately passed as what we would, we would consider a worse, uh, a worse piece of legislation, but where we would pause and say, Hey, this is, this is awesome is the engagement, the level of engagement. There was so much, uh, so many letters, so many phone calls, even, even the last day where the last uh, vote happened in the house of commons, uh, we asked people to just pick up the phone and call, um, you know, possible MPs to get them to change their mind. And people stepped up and 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 made a ton of phone calls to just one last ditch. And and ultimately, yeah, the outcome wasn't the outcome that we wanted. We prayed for, um, but again, ultimately, we know what the what the full outcome is going to be. And so we 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 move on and we and we and we carry on. So I, it's I think it's really great to pause and say thank you to our supporters for the 
ton of activity that they made on that on mm. that issue um, because yeah, the MPs and the senators heard uh, they heard a perspective that maybe they wouldn't have heard. Yeah. Um, and at, and at the and at the very least, they 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 heard from a group that yeah maybe they haven't heard from or they hopefully it pricked their consciences, um, and so that's a that's still a win that's yeah. still that's still a positive, even if the outcome wasn't the outcome that we wanted. So it's it that's mm-hmm. good, uh, and you know this issue hasn't really gone away just yet either. Uh, Bill C seven has an element to it uh, where they have to create a framework. Um, they have twelve months to con- do consults on on the issue around mental illness. Yeah. So um the so the mental illness aspect needs to be worked out yet. Um so that'll be another piece that that needs to be added and there'll be another element that we'll be engaged with uh over the next say 12 wow. months or so. They have about 12 months to do it. So that's something that will be addressed. So yeah, uh, Bill C-7, if we want to talk about current issues, so Bill C-7 happened, it it expanded the ability to access assisted suicide for people in the the country. And I think I alluded to it before. Now, immediately we go, okay, how do we protect doctors and nurses from from engaging in this issue? And so this is where you have a perfect example of something that happens federally, a decision federally. Mm -hmm. uh, And then the, how it, how does it affect people provincially because ultimately the provinces are faced with the task of taking uh that bill and then bringing it into under as sad as it sad as it sounds healthcare. so healthcare is the jurisdiction of the provinces so Mm -hmm. now the provinces need to make laws and enact laws and and set up policies and things uh, to that effect to allow for this in in the health uh, department but then we want to make sure that what can we do and how can we engage um, both our grassroots, but also the MPPs uh, to protect uh, conscience rights of doctors, nurses, you know, anybody, yeah. in the, anybody in the medical field. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, ultimately there is, there is, it's actually areas where there's like shortages and um, which is amazing, which is great to hear um, that there's doctors that don't want to touch it, but that's also a push to get doctors to do it as well. Mm, right. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause doctors, you know, they don't necessarily want to do this either. No, no. But um, now that it's part of, you know, part of the law, um, then, then it becomes a right for people to access it which puts pressure on doctors to offer it. So yeah. that's a that's a, a big issue um, that we'll be dealing with pro- provincially. Um, education is interesting uh, because each province deals with education in different ways. So again, we're gonna talk about what are some hot topic items yeah. provincially. So, you know, my, just, my jurisdiction here in Ontario, um, again, education is one of the huge costs that, that uh, that a province bears. And um, what's just really fascinating is how each province engages with this issue in different ways. Uh, in, in Ontario, if you send your kids to an independent school, private independent school, you're not getting a penny from the government. Uh, whereas in other areas of the country, it, it varies in how much mm-hmm. and what yeah. kind of support they receive in Manitoba, um, uh, BC, Alberta, Alberta. Um, and so actually, it's interesting. Like there, there's a there's a certain desire here in Ontario to kind of like let's leave well and get alone, um, and that's that's great. Um, that's what works here for the most part. 
but that's not necessarily the same issue in Alberta, in in mm. BC, in Manitoba, and so forth. So you know, for them, yeah, their their school societies are kind of built around having that funding, uh, whereas ours have have um, by God's grace, you know, found a way to um, yeah flourish without. Mm. So. Uh, that doesn't mean that there aren't educational issues at play. Yeah, um, curriculum stuff. Right. And so we, we created uh, what's called an educational diversity um, uh, policy paper. So we're just trying to make sure that, you know, MPPs understand, okay, what does that mean? Educational diversity? What, what good does, what good does having uh, diversity in education bring a province? What do you mean by diversity? So like by educational diversity is, um, by what we mean by educational, educational diversity is, in a, so for example, in Ontario, you have English, Catholic, French, Catholic, English, English public, French public. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, that, that works out to about, uh, it's almost actually, that's three and three out of four schools. Okay. So one out of four schools, almost, I think it's twenty four percent now. One out of four schools um, is a private, independent school. Right. That's a pretty high number. Yeah. It's actually really high. Mm-hmm. Uh, represents about one hundred twenty five thousand students in the province of Ontario right now. So Ontario's getting off easy with their bill, then probably. Absolutely, and <laughs> that's and that's part of the conversation. Not necessarily to to, to talk about. Uh, to talk about, okay, we want money, but money is a conversation. Like the, the fact is in every province, independent schools save the government money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it costs 10 or $11,000 per student to go to school in Ontario, while well, 125,000 students save the government billion, uh, billion something. Hopefully my math is right, but you, you, it's a big number, yep. right? So 125,000 students times about 10 grand a student. I think actually the number is 11,000. So it's a big, not big amount of money that taxpayers Save. are saving yep. the government. Uh, and so all the other taxpayers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a conversation about equity there. Like, Hey, like this is a good investment. If you gave, you know, 2,500 bucks a student. You're still seventy net seventy five hundred, and even mm-hmm. if you did give twenty five hundred bucks a student, how much more people would get into the system of using Common independent schools? schools. Yeah, and so every additional student's another seventy five hundred dollars. So this policy isn't necessarily about money; it's focused on you know three big elements of um, of you know educational diversity. So you know um, the first one is a parent's right to choose. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's, there's charter issues. There's, there's, Hey, my right to educate my child in the manner I, uh, in which I want them to be educated. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there are practical, practical elements like, Hey, like a, a diversely educated student body or like children in a, in a province that's going to be good for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's going to, and that's going to be, yeah, it's going to be positive for the province. Like not every, not even think about things like a Montessori school, like Montessori schools have a different philosophy of education and how they educate. Well, that might be better for certain children and not other children. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And totally. so it's, it's meeting the needs of, of children where they're at and, and creating, yeah, creating again, diversity of education. Yeah. And that ultimately is positive for, uh, for everybody in the province as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, there is that there's an economic conversation to be had there as well. So, I mean, so this, this educational diversity policy, something, something we came out relatively uh, recently, it's gone to all MPPs for yep. them to see, hmm. hopefully they've seen it and engage with it. Um, and then we'll start uh, finding ways to engage with them on, in conversation on this issue as yeah. well. Is all that kind of stuff like just on the back burner right now because of COVID? 
or is there still stuff going in kind of the back door? No, so what's interesting is, is um, the ability to meet. Yeah. I think you lose something when you can't meet together one-on-one yeah. and, and um, in some ways, you know, starting a position two months ago, not being able to meet is kind of like, Oh man, I just, I just want to get out and see people. Yeah. And, and, and you're kind of feeling like, okay, I want, like, I just want to get, get well, a, stuck. Shake a yeah. few hands. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just yeah. kind of feel like you're, you're engaged. But, but the flip side is, is the amount of engagement that you can have. I mean, you can have far more zoom meetings than you can face to face meetings. Yeah. So there, there is opportunity um, to have more, uh, more meetings and, and they can even be meaningful meetings. Um, yeah. Just, but I mean, nobody says they don't want to go back to the face to face, but there are certain, you know, silver linings mm-hmm. to, you know, engaging, uh, engaging that way. So, yep. so, oh, fair enough. so is this educational diversity thing, is there, is there a fear that having the government funding schools like that at all will, you know, maybe push them to have more influence in what's taught? Cause I know that the Ontario government's been actually rather decent with, uh, the evaluations, especially at our high school level, mm-hmm. um, and letting us do our thing. Like, um, I think Maria touched on that a few episodes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're preparing people well to, to yeah. enter society. So, um, I think they, they've been hands off, but is there a fear that once they start, if they gave 25%, they would be like, yeah, we want 25% of the say. Oh, absolutely. Which is why, um, I, I downplay the conversation about money. I don't believe, like, I don't think that that's something that's alive within our supporters in, in Ontario right. where they're like, no, we want this money. We want, um, in fact, I would say by and large, um, it would be, it would be negative. Alone. Just, mm. we like, just leave well and good alone. Like, yeah, right, please right. leave well and good alone. I mean, there might be another issue of, uh, that, that, that some of our supporters might think, okay, well, there's an issue of fairness there. And, um, and that was, uh, th- there was recently a bit of a, a conversation, um, with, with some of, some other schools, some other independent schools that were, uh, speaking with and lobbying with the government of Ontario to get some funding that the government of Ontario received for things like PPE and making sure schools are safe as, mm. as far as COVID is concerned. And there was some frustration with uh, some independent schools that were really pushing the government on this issue that, hey, wait a minute, you got, and the, the provincial government, you know, received yeah. funding from the federal government. So the federal government send money to, the, money to the provinces to help make sure that schools open again and schools open safely. And um, there was a bunch mm-hmm. of other schools that were engaging the government saying, hey, like you got that money, like it's only fair when you know this is supposed to be to keep kids safe yeah uh and open safe schools just 75 percent. that well that that you know why wouldn't you funnel some of that money to the independent schools as well and and um yeah there was a bunch there's a group of people that that put a lot of pressure on um i don't think that's the same as hey give us regular funding Mm -hmm. every year x amount per student yada 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 um because yeah like i said uh our supporters in Ontario, by and large, would say we like the status quo. Mm-hmm. We would prefer the status quo. Um, whereas, you know, that setup isn't the same in Alberta and BC. You know, mm-hmm. there's they're set up there for Manitoba, the same thing. They're set up for having this funding. Um and their engagement with their government officials on the issue of education is far more um, constant and, and mm-hmm. continuous. Do you think that's the direction it's going to have to go, though, for the provinces out west? Like, be prepared to start paying some more if you want your freedom still? 
Well, I think it got kind of touching going on Alberta. I was going to say, ago. yeah, um, yeah. It, real tight there for a bit. Yeah, it did get real tight there for a bit, and and uh, I think it'll have devastating effects um, because yeah. of you know when you're used to it, you're used to it. Yeah, right. So it's a big adjustment, right? So mm-hmm. so yeah, that becomes, but also becomes a really important thing to be engaged, to be engaged on the issue of of you know education and uh, you know make make these make. Uh, the government officials, but also the people that work in the government agencies, like, hey, we're legitimate people. We're a legitimate organization. We're 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 doing good things. We're 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 good uh, citizens in in the community as well. Not just yeah, argu- yeah, arguably yeah. great though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As well, our premier I mean, likes to say, the uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, universities always looked at Guido in a in a really positive way. Like, I think. They would they would High take a, they would take a student student there for uh, you know hands down every day, but I guess there's there's so many ways not to go down too far in this rabbit hole, but there's so many ways to look at this education thing. Yeah. Um, there's like the voucher thing too that people have been talking about, like oh the yeah. government school getting, choice vouchers, yeah, yeah, yeah right. So, so, so you can honestly. put your money toward what you want to put it toward, right? Yeah, but, that's a that's that's definitely something that people uh, do advocate for rather than a per student amount that goes straight to the school. It's like no, mm. it goes to the parents, and you yeah. got to use it towards something. It allows choice in education again. Um, you know, that's a positive thing. Uh, it would be a positive thing, but again, we would want safeguards. Yeah, right. I'm certain yeah. that we would want safeguards uh, mm-hmm. in place oh, as well. So totally. no interest in overhauls, overhauling her at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. But one thing we didn't touch on yet, I know this is more federal, but I mean, uh, you might have some knowledge of it still, uh, the whole conversion therapy bill and the, yeah. We just have to explain it for people to start. Cause, yeah, I mean, I'll give a brief kind of precursor on it. It's it's mm. basically um, the concern. The main concern is that it's going to start impacting parents and counselors and pastors and people who want to give advice to uh, particularly, yeah, usually teens, I guess, who are struggling with uh, gender or sexuality and their identity. And to be able to present the biblical uh, perspective on that could potentially become illegal with this bill and the ramifications of it. So maybe just, yeah, give us an update. What's going on there. Yeah. So yeah, well, we're talking about some big issues. So actually, um, while we're talking about it right now, tomorrow, uh, so Friday, April the 16th is when the first, uh, hour, another hour of debate is scheduled for this bill. So it's very, you know, it's a timely thing. It's an issue that is on the go right now. And I think it's important to note one thing right off the hop when we talk about conversion therapy, and that is um, we do support a ban on conversion therapy as it pertains to um, some of the more invasive measures that have been done in the past. Yeah, like electric mm-hmm. shock or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think that, that's, the one, that's, what, yeah, that's the one that everybody, everybody kind of goes to that, right? and says, you know, the electroshock therapy, how can you support electroshock? And we're like, whoa, yeah, no, no one supports it. We're not supporting things yeah. like electroshock therapy. And so it's important to recognize that, yeah, nobody, nobody, uh, or not nobody, but um, we would definitely support a ban on conversion therapy. The problem that we're having is with the definition of conversion therapy with this bill does exactly what you said. It could possibly outlaw positive, uh, any kind of body of uh, body affirming, uh, uh, body affirming uh, or biolo- biological body affirming uh, talk therapy that you could get from your parent, your teacher, um, your um, 
your pastor, yeah. an elder, and so forth. So yeah, definitely, um, this is a this is a piece of legislation that definitely needs to be on the minds of uh, of our supporters and hopefully your listeners, mm -hmm. um, because the impact that it it can potentially have, uh, where you know a, a, a pastor or a parent can can be, uh, yeah, jailed, fined, you name it just by bringing a biblical gospel-centered message to their child, uh, encouraging to, yeah, love the skin um, that they've been given. And um, and that, that ought to be alarming because, you know, there are people that, that there are people that have certain attractions, say, say, say same-sex same attraction, they want this. It's something that they've asked for. And so the very people that this bill is claims to be protecting um, could be robbing them of just the 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 potential to hear um, yeah body affirming messaging yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so that definitely needs yeah it ought to have our attention it is a timely issue and it is something that um, yeah you might have if if you're a supporter of ARPA and you've seen some of our stuff you would definitely have seen some messaging about that if you're not we'd be happy to help you uh, find ways to engage your MPs uh, on this issue so that, you know, we can, we can create a bit of a, yeah, uh, an understanding that while we do understand your desire to create a, a conversion therapy bill, um, we cannot agree with this broad definition that exists yeah. in this, in this particular bill right now. Yeah. It, it almost seems like a succession of C16 from like five years ago where it was, it became mandatory to use the preferred pronouns. Of yeah, the it seems like the liberals even, seem to always write these bills that are, are broad and they, and they never, they're not specific, right? They don't, they don't lay out a situation that it would be like, okay, this, in this situation, this is how it should be dealt with. They're just more like a ideology, just like, uh, this is what you should think about this. And well, and, and there, so there is conversation saying, saying things like, well, well, there's protection, there's protections for pastors and, and parents and in, in, in other areas of the law. So we don't need to put it. And it's just like, no, 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 no. That's kind <laughs> yeah, of, and that's such a, it's such a dangerous, ruthless way to, to look at a, uh, at lawmaking in general. Like, it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's irresponsible. I guess that kind of ties in with maybe oh, we're getting close to, we got probably about 10 minutes or so left here, but yeah, past um, your bedtime. Yeah, like how how can we sure. really make meaningful change as Christians? Because it kind of feels like we're always, you know, running against the tide, and and you know the the culture is going the other way, politics is going the other way, and like the best we can do is kind of just you know mm. hold the tide and do our best to you know keep some of our fundamental rights, you know, parental rights, mm. free speech, religious. Yeah, it always feels like we're we're you know fighting a losing battle, right? I mean, I know you you touched on it earlier, like we know mm. ultimately who wins the battle, but. It's, it seems like it's always going the opposite way. Well, it, you know, I, I think just being a human being, you, you want to win something. Yeah. You want to feel like, okay, I was, you know, I've been able to accomplish, accomplish this. And I think, I think we, we have to keep, we have to keep talking to each other in, in, in a couple of ways. And that is, you know, the, we're not going to win in certain instances and um, that happens. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, one thing that's been really beautiful coming on board in the last couple of months is, is while we want to quote unquote win, um, we can't get caught up in the, in the numbers. We can't get caught up in the results. We're not called, we're not called 
to be results-oriented people. We're not called to be people that say, now, you want to see fruit in lives of people? Absolutely. Yeah, totally. But we're not, you know, God doesn't call us to, to, um, to, to create a certain result. He calls us to be faithful in the moment. And so, you know, consistent acts of faithfulness, consistent acts of faithfulness, those are wins. Those, those are wins. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we hear of the engagement that our supporters have been able to have on something like Bill C-7, where we know how much engagement took place, that's a win. Mm-hmm. Did the bill end up where we want it to be? No. No. That's it a didn't. loss. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Yeah. But, but, but that's, it's not about that, that. that's not my job. Yeah. Like my job isn't to ensure that that happens. Right. Like, and, and if I make that my job, like, okay, I, I've got to ensure that that. It's going to be sad waking up every morning. <laughs> right. It, it, you can't, you can't wake up that way or you mm-hmm. can't wake up that way every morning and it becomes very depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple months ago, and then it's just, you, you kind of wrap all this kind of up into the, you know, kind of COVID stuff too, right? Okay. So now we're in a, you know, this third stay at home order um, that's depressing. And yet, okay. So you can look at that way and go, okay, I'm upset. This stinks. There's so much bad, but the truth there is, okay, well, God still has something to teach me here. Mm. So, okay, we, we, we lose, we lose in a, as we're, as we're, you know, trying to work on a certain, certain bill or against a certain bill or for a certain bill. Okay. You have to leave the results with him Mm -hmm. and then carry on and just continue being, continue being faithful, continue being faithful. And that's, and that's where you're going to go. Okay. We're good. Yeah. We're so good. Small acts of faithfulness like you're talking about. Absolutely. Like a, a couple yeah. months ago in a, in a, in a sermon, I, I'm going to give um, uh, Reverend, Reverend uh, Bauman a shout out. Okay. He, he brought up a story, uh story. He brought up the Red Sea, the, the picture of the Red Sea. Right. And when we're, when we're kids and even adults and we hear the story of the Red Sea and we we engage with the story of the Red Sea and we think about it. We think, oh, man, it would have been cool to be there. Yeah. Like you would have saw God's raw power on display. You walk up to that water and the the, the, the waters the go right to left. And- I always wonder if it was like like you go to Ripley's or something. You see like the fish <laughs> swimming on the wall. Yeah, I don't know absolutely. If, like, you can see the fish or not. That'd be cool. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that, that's that's the thought. It would have been just amazing to see yeah. the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea. There's a little bit of jealousy. Those Israelites, they got to witness that amazing display of God's power. Yeah. And um, I'm grateful because um, Reverend Bowman, he, he pointed and says, well, think about that. If you were actually there and you step in, you step in and you've got walls of water on either side. It's terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to have trust. So, it, so, so the, so the idea, you know, you, you step in, you get on the, you get into the Red Sea. I mean, it's, it's dry ground. It was dry ground for the, for the Israelites. So again, the love and care and compassion of a, of a merciful God who was delivering his people from the Egyptians that were kind of chasing them down. Huh. But but to step in and you walk down and I, and I kind of, I, I, t- I took a moment to look it up as well. Seven kilometers. So you can't wow. see the other side. The other side is, is not visible. Yeah. And so you, you're, you're, you're stepping out into this wall, two walls beside you of, of, of water. And you've got to go step out and you've got to walk out. You're going out in faith. 
Yeah, totally. And so that 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 picture it was just really yeah, just really helpful as you're kind of going through this, you know, this stuff with COVID, but also you take it to um this this position at ARPA where, you know, it, it can feel really Im- Im- imposing. Yeah, you, you've got big, the walls and yeah. the world, and they could crash down at any time. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. But yeah. but fixing your eyes and going, okay, no, my God who loves me has said, just trust me, keep going. You don't see the other side, but the other side is the promised land. That's what we're called to do. Yeah. That's what we're mm-hmm. doing right now. So I think for us, most of us, our reality has been for many years is this level of comfort, rel- relative ease. And right now we're realizing that there's walls of water inside of us and they could crash in at any time. It's a scary time. And but but for us, the comfort is we know what's on the other side. And then the, the ground is still dry. And 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 we're still being led through there. And there's mm-hmm. there's grace, there's love. And so yeah, can you be down and upset and and even uh, when when you think about these bills going the other way, think about it in the in the reference of more people are being lost to this way of thinking as well. Yeah. Engage, right. And they're right. becoming more ingrained in this thinking and, and more, more this, this culture of death. And, you know, are we lamenting? Are we in prayer? Are we, are we, do we look at our, our, our culture and do we, do we, um, you know, crack open the Psalms and, and, you know, you know, mm. pray the Psalms recognizing a lot of the, you know, the same things, you know, uh, I, I wrote down here, you know, Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. And so, you know, you see that in our nation, you see, you know, it seems like things are crumbling. It seems like, you know, those walls can crash in, but we know we'll be fine. Mm. Um, but we also can't forget the rest of the people. You know, are we praying for them? Are we concerned about not just winning or losing uh, a bill or a, a battle on a bill? It's like, no, these are lives. These are people. These are souls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, that ought to be our concern, too. Totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you said earlier with that Kuiper quote, like, you know, Christ is over every square inch and he is still king at the end of mm-hmm. the day. So. Yeah. That's a powerful image. Yeah. Comforting. Yeah. yeah. So I guess to wrap it up, we're pretty much out of time here, but, uh, so how can people, uh, support your work like locally, but also just ARPA in general? Like I, I pulled up your website and you got a nice donate button and I know there's lots of emails and stuff, but how do people get, uh, get involved? Yeah, there's a bunch of ways people can get involved. Absolutely. I mean, um, the donate button, uh, we've been super blessed by, by our supporters. Uh, if you feel compelled, uh, by all means, head over to the website and, and support financially. Um, the website does have a ton of different options and, and ways in which you can kind of engage on the issues themselves. Uh, there's ways where, uh, you can, we, we help you draft letters with some, some information, some, you know, starter content. Uh, you can kind of edit it and use it utilizing our, uh, easy mail function. You'll find that on our website as well Mm -hmm. um and then and then you'll there there's some other um yeah some other call to action based on the different item the different issues that are ongoing uh if you head over to uh to the website um arpacanada.ca you scroll down there's going to be a bunch of different issues you can kind of pick and choose what issue uh really is um yeah something that is on your own heart as well and there'll be a bunch of different ways to engage uh other ways to engage is if you are a student in in high school um, and, uh, the school that you go to does not have, uh, you know, a community action group or, uh, or an ARPA school group or, or different schools call it different things. And you'd want to start one. Um, 
feel free to to be in touch with me. Uh, my uh, my mm-hmm. email address is ryan at arpacanada.ca. Uh, and the other option is if you're you know out of high school and you're uh, looking for ways to engage and you want to kind of engage on an ongoing level, there's ARPA chapters. And ARPA chapters are people who meet regularly and they engage on different issues, um, both locally, but also provincially or, or federally as well, as we kind of mentioned earlier. And again, mm-hmm. um, you can probably find a, a chapter uh, on the website, but if not, you can also send me an email and I'd be happy to um, link you up with a, with a chapter. And if there's not one in your area, we can see about Start starting getting one there. Yeah. Sure. Sounds good. Good stuff. Well, thanks, man. We really appreciate your time and yeah. coming on and giving us a lot of good advice. That's a lot of wisdom for two months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. It's off to a good start. You started when you were like in grade seven or whatever. He's <laughs> yeah. been preparing his whole life for this. Yeah. Thanks a lot, gentlemen. That's good stuff. All right. Appreciate cool. it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Hope everyone uh, was blessed by that conversation. I think uh, we should get involved. Yep. Let us know what you thought and uh, keep having real talk, folks. Catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Real Talk. You can send us your feedback by emailing us at reformedrealtalk at gmail.com. You can find us on social media by looking for the handle Reformed Real Talk. You can find us online by going to realtalkpodcast.ca. We look forward to your feedback as that's what helps us grow and improve as podcasters. Real Talk is produced by myself, Lucas Holtfluer, Tyler Vanderwood, and Tim Van Woodenberg. The theme music was created by Calvin Hutton. The table and cabinet behind me were made by Ethan Vanderwood of Eureka Woods. And finally, this sign in the studio was made by Zebra Signs. That's it for now, folks. Catch you next time.